beginning with Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord, who is worthy of praise. Heavenly Father, you are worthy of our praise and we do call out to you. You are the mighty creator and your majesty is shown in the rising and the setting of the sun that you provide much needed routine and rhythm to our days during these unique circumstances. Lord, you continue to quench areas of our dry and dusty land with much needed rain to preserve life and livelihoods. You are our refuge and our comforter, always with us and never leaving us, even whilst we ensure, endure this time of so, social isolation. Lord, we take strength knowing that amidst all the chaos, illness and death that is currently impacting our world, that you are still in control and that you will ultimately deliver us. Gracious God, we ref particularly reflect on this day, the day in between your death and resurrection of the supreme sacrifice that you made for us by sending your son. We think of the times over the past week where we have failed to live a righteous and Christ-like life. Lord, we confess to you our thoughts, words or actions that have come from cabin fever frustration or that have not been encouraging or loving to our family and friends. Thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity of worship and for the freedom we have to meet together as your family. We give thanks for the technology that allows us to congregate and share in your word, even if it is in our own homes, instead of meeting together. Thank you that in worship we can put aside the uncertainties of this world and can instead focus and take confidence in the certainties of you. Lord, your promises are not changeable. They are constant, immovable and eternal. Thank you that, we as, as, that as we draw near to you in worship, we are transported from a world of concerns and fears to a place where we can be at peace in your presence, find healing, wholeness and refreshment. Thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity of worship. Lord, we thank you that we can bring to you all the hurts, fears and troubles and know that your strength and assurance are all that we require to bolster and comfort us. Heavenly Father, in this time we pray for your continued health for those in our church family, both physically and mentally during these periods of isolation. We ask for your protection for those who are working in our health care, aged care, child care, schools and other essential services that you will keep them safe from this virus. We ask you God to give wisdom to our leaders both nationally and internationally as they make decisions for the safety of their people. We also pray that you will use the scientists around the globe to expand the knowledge and understanding about the virus and develop suitable vaccines. We pray that you will use this time of reduced face-to-face -face contact to draw us closer to you and your word, to develop a deeper and stronger love and connection with you 
that we can ultimately share with others. Lord, give us a positivity and boldness in this time that distinguishes us so that others may ask us why and give us opportunity to tell them of your love, our faith in you and of the wonderful news of your resurrection. As we eagerly await tomorrow, Resurrection Sunday, let us never forget the love, grace and mercy that you have shown and continue to show us. In Jesus' precious name, the name that saved us, changed us and enables us to have a relationship with you. Amen. Let's, um, let's continue to pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for who you are and we thank you for sending your son Jesus to be the servant king. Thank you that he bore the weight of our sin on the cross, that he defeated death and rose again, making the way for you to be in relationship with us. On this day, Lord, the Saturday between what would have been Jesus' death and resurrection, we remember Jesus' disciples and friends who were sad and lost. We think of Mary Magdalene and Mary who helped prepare Jesus' body for burial, kept watch from afar and would eventually discover Jesus risen. In light of COVID-19, we pray you would help us in this strange time of waiting where some may feel a little lost or afraid or unsure of your promises. Father, we thank you that we live on this side of the cross and have assurance that Jesus did raise to life again. Thank you that you do keep all of your promises, that you never fail us. We pray we would continue to bring all our fears and anxieties to you. Help us to trust in you at this bizarre time, Lord, knowing that you care for us, knowing that you love us and that you hear our prayers. We continue to bring before you our healthcare workers and our essential workers. Father, please be with them as they work under strange and ever-changing conditions. We ask that you would heal those suffering with COVID and that those working hard to find a vaccine would find one very soon. We also pray for our Soul Revival kids trying to adapt to their changes in routine. Please be with them, Lord, and fill them with your peace and comfort. Thank you that you care for them, Lord, and we pray for parents that they would be imitating Jesus in the ways they parent. Father, we pray for mums of new babies. Please surround them with your love and peace as they would be facing a very different reality to what is usual. Please help them to feel um, not so isolated and give them patience and wisdom, Lord. As we are in isolation, Lord, we pray for those for whom isolation isn't safe. Please help them to get a safe space when needed and protect the vulnerable among us, Lord. Father, as we eagerly await Easter Sunday, a time of celebration that Jesus is risen, we ask you would help us to keep trusting in you, to look at what you've done for us and sit in awe and gratitude. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're now going to have a... Uh, sorry, we'll move that out of the way. We're now going to have an uh, interview with Liam. How are you, Liam? Good, thank you, guys. That's good. You're a busy boy in this service. You're uh, doing the music, then you're going to sing us an item, and you're also going to share something with us. Um, but first of all, let's uh, start with what's your current situation at home with your family and being in isolation? Uh, well, I'm 
I'm actually working uh, still at school. I'm a school teacher, so I'm an essential worker. Yep. Shout out to you. <laughs> um, and we have uh, we have students still coming to school. Uh, Sandy's working from home, and th- both our, both our kids are working at home at the moment as well. So I'm trying to get home one day a week to uh, help help with that situation as well. But everyone's doing the online lessons, and um, Sandy's having multiple multiple online meetings uh, every day. So um, do you zoom in away? Yeah, zooming away. Zoom. That's right. Um, my wife is a primary school teacher, and she's doing the same thing as you. How would it be different to doing high school teaching online than it would be primary school? Do you reckon? Well, the kids have to shift between teachers all the time, so we're finding that the the teachers are setting up specific lessons for their students at specific times and expecting the students to come online at those times. We're working through that um, as it is at the moment to try and make it a seamless process for the students, but also um, easy easier for them than not filling up their days with so much work, which seems to be have happened in this first week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've seen some of the kids with my wife, who's she's teaching, she's a support teacher, and some of them are doing the work, others are just like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, you also have two high school students at home at the moment. Yeah. How are they coping with being trapped in home and uh, Homeschooling's just finished in doing uh, school holidays right now, but how they yeah. cope? How were they coping with the last two weeks? Yeah, not too bad. I'm, Noah's in year twelve, so that's a that has a whole other significance to it, and so we're still w- w- waiting to find out what what's happening with all of the HSC, and uh, I'm just trying to keep him as motivated as I can. He's doing really well, and Danica in year ten is trying her hardest to to get her, her work done and get that sent into the to the teachers as well and there's various ways that work gets sent in and um, if there's different ways that it has from different teachers that makes it a bit more complicated for the students as well so she might do it one way for one teacher and then miss out on which ways for the next teacher so those things happen is the google classroom the one that everyone uses or do you use a different version i'm using google classroom at at school at the moment and that's been good i've had uh, i teach all of year seven with a couple of other teachers uh, and we had over 40 students on it once and from home and, and those that are at school is fantastic. Okay, that's really cool. Um, so I think you said you said you said you had something you wanted to share with us. Yeah, I'll, I had um, uh, Beck Beck Spring. You might, some of you may have seen yep. um, on Facebook. You this used week. to go to this church. Yep, you used to come to this church. Married to Keegan, and they um, they put a oh Beck drew a picture. She's work, she's a doctor now, and she's working in uh, in a hospital up in Newcastle. And she was just feeling really overwhelmed by everything, and so she. Put a she drew this picture just this week, um, which I think we we're, we're going to overlay, mm. so you can have a look at it. Um, and it just says it's okay when things aren't going well, and I think that's important for all of us to realise right now that um, so, some days are harder than others, but that's okay. Yeah. And um, a lot of us are feeling that at the moment uh, in various different situations, um, but it, that's actually okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, you know it's such a different time that we it's a period of uncertainty we've never actually faced before, and um, I think it's important the way that we're talking about at church as well is just trusting God is the first thing we can do. Hello, we are now going to do the most important thing that we do at Sorrow Bible Church, and that is hear from God's Word. Tonight we are reading from Luke chapter twenty-four, and I'll be starting at verse thirteen. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village. Thing that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, 
Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with, us, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. Hello everybody. It's Easter Saturday. It's a weird, unusual kind of time. It's kind of that, it's kind of between, I guess, the, the, the night before and the, and the day that is about to come. And you know, it's, I guess it's just a great time that we have that we can celebrate together. And as Joel said, an, an extra day that we get to, uh, get to celebrate together, which is fantastic. And uh, I, I don't know how you've been going. I don't know how you, uh, how you woke up today or what's been happening today. But this morning I woke up really, really early and my head was racing 100 miles an hour. And all, to, to be totally honest, what I was feeling was probably like many of us, I was feeling actually for the first time a little bit overwhelmed. Because up until now, we've, I guess our kids are now uh, been doing the homeschooling. We thought that that was tough. It was going to be hard, and it was. But my uh, amazing wife Christine has really been absolutely amazing in all this. And we thought the homeschooling was tough, and then we realised that Friday meant school holidays, and so it meant all the stuff that we thought was hard actually was a real blessing because it meant that we had stuff to do during the day. Now we have nothing, and we can't go anywhere. It's kind of I saw a thing on Facebook saying all the places you can go during the Easter holiday, which is your lounge room, your kitchen your dining room, your garage, your front yard, your backyard, those sorts of things. And really that doesn't leave a lot of options. And it was, I must admit, I was feeling quite overwhelmed and I was feeling a bit sad and I was feeling, I was actually feeling a little bit hopeless that things wouldn't get any better, that we're gonna be like this for a while and this is just gonna be what it's gonna be. 
And so I didn't want to wake my wife up, so I got up and I went and sat on the lounge. It was still pretty dark outside. And I just sat on the lounge and knowing that I was sharing from this passage that we've just had read, so amazingly by Amanda and Danica, I thought, oh, I'm going to have a read through it. And I read through it a number of times and prayed after each time. And as I, as I was reading for the last time this passage, as I got to the end, I looked up and saw outside that it was actually now dawn and there was this little slither of light. And it was amazing how in the darkness, I, that, that hopeless feeling that I had was kind of exasperated. But when I saw that little bit of light coming, I actually felt warm. I felt, I felt joy. I felt like there was actually something to be hopeful for. And it's really amazing because as I read through this passage, this is, seems to be how this passage flows. That it starts off with sadness and hope seeming lost, but then it finishes with joy and a renewed hope. And so I want to have a look at that uh, with us tonight. So please grab your Bibles, open them up to Luke 24, and let's have a look together at this story. Because this story starts off with two people who are on a journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It's an 11-kilometer journey, and it's, we're told in verse 21 that it's three days after Jesus has died. And they are talking about all the things that have happened over the last couple of weeks, in particular what has happened over the last few days. And as they do that, it's a very sombre, very sad, a very, uh, I guess, dreary kind of conversation. They, were not, they didn't have a bounce in their step as they were walking home, as they were heading away from Jerusalem. But what we find is that as these two are on this journey, they actually pick up a travelling companion, a buddy for the journey, and it's Jesus. They don't recognise him. They're kept, we see that they're kept from recognising him. And from here, this story, I think, is just so amazing. What happens next is so, so good, and I'm really excited to share this. Because what we first see here is that as Jesus joins these two, he actually starts a, a conversation. He, tries, he establishes a relationship, a connection with them, so that they will be receptive for what he has to say. But he asks them a question. And verse 17, this is the question. He says, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Now, it seems like a pretty innocent question, but for these two who are on this journey, it was a really difficult question. It was a loaded question. It was a question that really cut deep. So much so, we see how, how massive this question was that we said it actually stopped still. And Cleopas in, in 18 actually responds. And you see that like, they stop and Cleopas is like, dude, like, do, have you been like hiding under a rock? Like, where have you been? Hello? Like, Jesus just died? Like, he was the big deal? And like, come on. Like, seriously, like, where have you been? And it seems probably a little bit like an overreaction. But let's face it, when we are in those moments where we feel hopeless and, and feel stressed and in trouble, we do respond like that, don't we? We do get a bit snappy. That's exactly what is happening here. These guys are so heartbroken. They had pinned their hopes so much on Jesus. Such as their, their feeling of sadness and, and, and I guess it, it, it's just the right response. I guess it's a natural response. But what we see, though, is that Jesus doesn't just let it slide. 
and go, oh, sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. Oh, just, let's just walk in silence for the next 10 minutes. He doesn't. He actually continues on. He persists and asks them a really important question. And sometimes for us, when we do talk to someone who is going through trouble or they're sad or they're feeling hopeless or they're going through a, a really tough journey, when we get that snappy response, we do tend to shrink back and not actually push or persist. But Jesus here, he does. He persists and he asks them, now, what do you mean? What is going on? And because he does that, we actually see what is really at the heart of these two travelling companions, what, what is going on inside them, what is actually troubling them, they share with Jesus. We see that they share that their hope has been crushed, that they are gripped with sadness, that they are downcast. But why, is, why, why have their hopes been crushed? Well, we see in verse 21 that it's because they're expecting something else from Jesus. They're expecting Jesus to be someone else. Have a look. It says, We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. See, what they had hoped, they'd hoped that Jesus would defeat the Romans, that he would be their new king and free them from the rule of the Romans. This is the, the person that they'd hoped Jesus would be. They'd hoped he would be this great, powerful king, like King David of old, who would re redeem them and save them from them, their slavery to the Romans. But their hope had been crushed because Jesus had not turned out to be this king that they'd hoped so much for. So their hope has been crushed. All hope seems lost. But then we see Jesus, who has asked this question to get at the heart of what they are, they are feeling, we see Jesus has asked this because he's there to bring comfort to these two, to give them joy again, to actually give them a renewed hope. And he does that, if we, as we see there, by actually sharing from the scriptures, actually talking about what the Bible, what the Old Testament had actually said about the Messiah, about the king, God's king who would come, about Jesus himself. See, all these things that have been puzzling them about who Jesus was is made clear to them as Jesus unpacks and unravels the scriptures. That the death of the one who would redeem them is none other than this Jesus. That he is the one who was prophesied and spoken about centuries ago. That he would be the way that God would redeem his people. That he would ease that burden and that bondage and that punishment of sin. That's what we looked at last night when Paul shared with us from Isaiah 53. That is all about Jesus, about him being born, him coming down out of heaven to become a man, yet still fully God, to obey his Father's will, to go to the cross, to die the most horrible, painful, demoralising, kind of death, the death that is reserved for the criminals, those who are, I guess, the lowest of the low, those who deserve punishment. Jesus takes that. He dies on the cross to take our punishment. And as he does that, he completes the mission that God had set in motion before the creation of the world. But more than that, 
we know that tomorrow we will celebrate the day that he rose again. But for these two, they are in that moment, the moment between night and morning, that moment that I was sitting in last night or early this morning, that moment just before dawn. They are feeling hopeless and they need that ray of light to bring them hope. And that is what Jesus does as he shares God's word with them. And we see here that as they, are re- as they reach their destination, as they reach Emmaus, these, these two, Clepas and his friend, ask Jesus to stay with them, to share a meal with them. And Jesus does. And in fact, not only does he stay with them in the physical sense in this moment, but in the deepest sense, he stays with them forevermore. Even though when Jesus breaks bread and reveals himself to them and disappears in the same way that he appeared to them on the road, there is such a deep sense that Jesus never leaves them and that he is always with them. What a blessing it would have been for these two to have realised in that moment as they have invited this stranger into their home that it is none other than the Jesus that they'd put their hope in. And not only that, they realise that their hope is not broken, has not been crushed, it is not lost. Actually, it has been found and has been renewed and has been given new life because this Jesus was not just a king like David who would physically rule, but he is a king that will defeat and has defeated sin and death. And he invites them and he invites us into his kingdom that will last forever and ever. What a blessing it would have been for them in that moment as they realised that this is the King Jesus and he's a better king than they could ever imagine, that they could ever have hoped for. And we see at the end of this story that this journey of hopelessness, as they left Jerusalem to Emmaus, they were on a journey that was filled with hopelessness, now actually turns to a return journey of hopefulness. They are filled with hope as they go back eagerly, eagerly desiring and wanting to share this amazing hope that they now have, this amazing joy that they now have, because Jesus is alive and Jesus is king, better than they could ever imagine. And they want to share that with everyone. And I want us to know too that as we take this journey that seems very difficult at the moment, that Jesus is with us and he will be with us until our journey ends, until we see him face to face in his kingdom. We will will be with him forever and ever but till then he will be with us and he is on that journey with us now and I guess I just wanted to give us two things to think about two things to think about tonight that may help us as we go through the next weeks and months that is this is that Jesus gives us great comfort and peace still today that we can actually receive that comfort and that peace when we actually bring our troubles to him we do that in prayer. We just lay our hearts bare to him. He wants to, he wants to hear. He's asking us that question. How are you going? What's happening? What troubles your heart? 
He wants to know. He wants us to share that with him. And so we are to share that with him. And then as we do that, we are to listen to his words that do bring comfort and peace, that bring joy and hope. That's why we, it's amazing that we still have God's word with us, that we can open and we can read at any time, at any place. We can even have it on our phones or our iPads or whatever so that we can read God's word, to listen to it, to hear the very words of Jesus and to be comforted and to receive peace. And we can continue to ask him as we continue to pray to be that he would assure us, that we would have assurance that as we go through what may feel like floods and fires and viruses and isolation, that he would go with us and he will stay with us until the very end of our journey. And the second thing and the last thing is this. Jesus asked these journeymen what was troubling their hearts. He did this by starting a relationship with them, by having a relationship with them, by asking them a real question. Now, there are many people that that we have relationships with already that may really benefit from a phone call, whether that's a family member, a friend, or a neighbour, or whoever that might be, who maybe just needs someone to call them and ask them, how are they going? Just picking up the phone and say, how are you going? I'd love to share something encouraging from God's word with you. And I hope it brings you some peace and some hope. And do you know what? I'd really love to pray for you. There's something really practically, practical we can do right now. Not right now, but when we finish our time together, maybe jump on the phone. Maybe when we head to our Zoom hangouts, whatever it might be, ask the question. And don't take... I'm fine for an answer. Because let's be honest, none of this is fine at the moment. This is all very different, all very unusual, and all very difficult for us to to navigate. It's a tough journey that we are all on. It is not easy for anybody. So ask the question and persist. Share the words of comfort and joy and hope from God's word. And pray for one another. And to do that knowing that Jesus is with us. He has given us his spirit. When Jesus died and rose again and then went back into heaven, he left us with his spirit so that we would know that he is with us always. And that his word is with us today to give us hope, to give us joy, to give us comfort, to give us peace. To give us stories like this that remind us that the dawn is coming that the light of hope is there and it is in Jesus, is in our great and amazing and awesome risen Saviour, our Saviour, our King, our Jesus. I hope you are encouraged and I hope that, uh, that you will encourage others with this message, with this great comfort and joy that we have in Jesus and that we would see our journeys that we are on that feel like we are going through fire and flood and all sorts of trouble, actually be journeys filled of hope and full of joy in knowing that our Jesus is with us every step of the way. Let me pray. Dear gracious God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the opportunity to ponder this story 
and the hope and the joy that we have in Jesus. Father, we ask that you help us to, to remember always that Jesus is with us every step of the way and that you would strengthen us in this truth, in this hope, and you would help us to share that with others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings up the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is okay by Ixon.